Hey, this is Scott. And Burke. From the Davis and Davis Show, the podcast for everything Ohio. Two guys who met at the University of Akron and have a love for Northern Ohio. We talk about everything from entertainment to motorsports to fine wine and spirits. Do you want to get a little insight on Northern Ohio from the perspective of two middle-aged men? Well, as we say, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit down, relax, and listen. New shows every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Just go to www.redcircle.com slash Davis and Davis. Or find us on Apple Podcasts, Prime Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Check out our Facebook page at Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. And we just don't care. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, clevelandsportsfan.com. And on Apple Podcast, we are in quarter number two of the NFL regular season as the Rams defeat the Seahawks last night. Thanks for listening today. I'm Burley Gunner on a Friday morning. I think I may have finally figured out this NFC West division. And I think I was actually spot on in the preseason. A lot to talk about today on a beautiful Friday with the MLB postseason in full swing. Football is coming up this weekend. College, uh, the, the pros, NFL Sunday. We always love it. Friday night football. Catch me on the call. Q92radiosports.com tonight. We got a slobber knocker tonight between Carrollton and Salem. Again, Q92radiosports.com. 7 o'clock. Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific. In, if you're in the middle, you know the drill. Do the math. Uh, but first we go dive into the NFC West. Uh, mentioned Rams beat the Hawks last night in Seattle. 26-17, to the final score there. So in the preseason, we had the Niners, the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Seahawks. That's how we broke down the division in order. Again, you know. Niners 1, Cardinals 2, Rams 3. I didn't buy into the Rams being the best team in that division. I still don't. Um, But they are better than I thought that they would be. Uh, With the Cardinals, and uh, the Cardinals a strong dark horse there, okay? Strong dark horse, I said that at the beginning of the season. And I think I absolutely nailed this division. First of all, I'd like to, I think it's safe to say, um, and I'd like to weed Seattle out of the conversation and and stamp them as the worst team in the NFC West, and I think it's easy. Sure, you, you have Russ, okay, and you have DK Metcalf, all right, and I guess you have Tyler Lockett, but listen, it's one thing to have the best quarterback in your division, But it's another thing when the gap between you and the next guy is a simple discussion at the water cooler, you know, at 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry, you're just not that superior. Especially when you stack up the rest of the team. When you rank the head coach, I'm not sure if he's any better than Kyle Cliff or McVay. Sure, Pete went to the Super Bowl, so did McVay. So did Shanahan. So I don't know that they even have the the, the best coach in the division, let alone, yeah, 
their one thing they have going for them is they have the superior quarterback, but by how much? Kyler Murray this year has been way better than Russell Wilson. Way better. Pete's just getting out coached by younger guys. He did again last night. I mean, the the only weapons on the team is DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. All right? And, and I just think Russ makes Tyler Lockett special. I don't think Tyler Lockett's special. The Seahawks are the worst team against the Rush. Dead last. Dead last. They have one of the worst defenses in the whole National Football League. The only reason the Rams didn't hike up the scoreboard, well, they ended up with 26, but it was a closer game, low scoring until the end. But, I mean, Matt Stafford was dealing with a, with a, with a hand injury. He had his, his middle finger taped up, as did Russell Wilson. The third best team in the division, I think, through four weeks and now a, a fifth game, um, I think it's L.A. The Niners are that team now. However, the matchup Sunday against, uh, with Arizona, I have San Francisco winning, by the way. I think by the end of the season, we still are, are going to finish with the Niners at, at the top. Okay, But the third best division right now would be the Niners. I think the, the I think the Rams will finish there. Um, like I said, by the end of the season, I I think the Niners will finish on top, the Cardinals second, the Rams third, and I think we got three teams from the division in the playoffs from the NFC West. Uh, it was a solid win for the Rams. Stafford had had a taped up finger, like I mentioned. He could barely throw the damn football and still threw for almost four hundred yards. Why? Because the Rams' offense is good and the Seahawks. Defense is bad. Actually, everything in Seattle beyond Russ to DK is bad. Like, everything. I can't think of anything other than Russ to DK that would be good. They have Jamal Adams, sure. But I don't love his contract. Especially there. Listen, I I just think that, you know, last night showed, you you know, Russ is going to go out there and he's going to cook. He's good, you know. He's gonna cook up his five star dinner. He's gonna serve it on a platter. He's gonna put it on right in front of you with a, you know with a fork and knife. He's gonna say, "Here you go, buddy, eat it." He's gonna dish out you know forty plus fantasy points to your fantasy team here and there. But at the end of the day, Russell Wilson's offensive line is horrible. His defense is horrible. He runs from his life. It's impossible for the uh, Seahawks to control time of possession they just can't do it they're not going to be able to do it Russell Wilson is going to have to be a magician times 20 to come away with with a playoff berth playing in this division it's just not going to happen I don't I don't see it and and quite frankly I mean I don't know what the future holds for Seattle I don't know what the the future holds for for Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson because you've got three really really good teams and they're really young You've got three really good young teams in that division who are looking to take you down, and they've been taking you down the ca- the last couple of seasons. Anyway, the MLB postseason is in full swing, and after day number one of the MLB divisional series, no upsets to speak of as the Astros handled the White Sox and the Rays handled the Red Sox. So, you know, we've got some dirty socks in the laundry to start, but I'll get rid of Boston real quick. Let me get rid of Boston 
just really fast. I, I just don't think they have the pitching to win this series. All right. Boston was eight and eleven against Tampa Bay this season, and they but they only won three games in the trop, and they they did not look very good. They were not they had the bases loaded there in the eighth inning, but other than that, that's that's really the only thing Boston was able to do last night as as they fell to Tampa Bay, who who looked really really good. There was they did not look to have any rust on them after having a few days off uh, since Sunday, but they looked really really good. Tampa Bay carries one of the best, uh, one one of the best, if not the best. I've been saying this, if not the best bullpens in in the whole Major League Baseball, not just the American League, the whole MLB. They have one of the best bullpens. Okay, they are overall all around the better team. Okay, that's there's no debate. There is absolutely no debate there. Boston's win total at the beginning of the season was like 80, roughly 81, 82. They were, they were projected to be a 500 ball club. They did what they needed to do to get into the postseason, but it's just, it's done. All right. It's done. Uh, tonight's game is interesting. All right. As Chris Sale will go against Shane Boz, who's only pitched 12, he's only pitched 12 innings. All right, this year he's only pitched twelve innings this year, but he's only allowed three runs. Okay, I get it. I might not even be saying the guy's name right. Going up against Chris Sale, I get it. Red Sox have to bounce back. I understand, but here's the thing: Tampa Bay only used three of their bullpen guys last night. They used three relievers, and they all looked flawless. All right, they looked fantastic. None of them gave up a run. The Rays hit slightly better against lefties, especially Chris Sale. Chris Sale has pitched nine and two-thirds innings against Tampa Bay, not even 10 full innings, and he's given up 16 hits to the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays scored 11 runs the last time Chris Sale went out to pitch against Tampa Bay, and I think Tampa Bay takes a 2-0 series here and finishes this series off in Boston. By the way, Randy Arozarena is a phenom in the making. The White Sox dropped game one to Houston 6-1, to but I still think Chicago will take care of business in this series. I think they win it in four games on the set in the south side of Chicago, I think they take this game here tonight, and I believe they take the next two games after that in Chicago. Listen, Chicago had seven base runners on base after the seventh inning, and it just seemed like it took them half of the game last night to get a groove. Okay, it, it seemed like it took them the entire game to get anything going. And I think that they're going to take that into an early game here today. And I think they come away with a win. Listen, I expect Giolito to throw well tonight in Houston, uh, who pitches better on the road and even better against Houston. The only time um, he's faced, the only time Giolito has faced Houston this season, he went a complete game, gave up three hits in one run, eight strikeouts. So, I mean, you, 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 you take that as what you want. But listen, I think Chicago wins tonight behind their horse. All right, Giolito. When I say horse, and you're going to hear what I mean by that, he's their horse in this series. Okay? I think he beats up 
on Freddy Valdez tonight, just like they did, uh, you know, a few months ago when the White Sox faced Valdez. That score was four to nothing. Giolito has not pitched against Houston this year. I don't care. I still like the White Sox. I think they're going to put up runs here today. And I think Giolito, even if he doesn't have the greatest outing, I believe that the the White Sox offense turns it around and they catch fire here this afternoon. But I do want to mention something I noticed. And I was talking to one of the Four Chubs, uh, Four Chubs podcast out now on Apple Podcast, by the way, hell of a show we did on, uh, what was it, Wednesday night. Um, Chi-Town Betts and I were talking about this and I'll share it with you. I really have to question the decision to throw Lance Lynn in game one of this series on the road. I really do. I mean, Tony LaRussa, I, I respect the hell out of you. I think you were a great manager this season, but I really have to question this move. Think about it. Lance Lynn is 0-5, now 0-6 against the Houston Astros with an ERA above 6. The lineup today, or yesterday, excuse me, well, it's the same today, uh, just rough, like just about the same. Um, but the lineup for Houston yesterday, statistically speaking, rips Lance Lynn. Like, I mean hard. They they destroy this guy, okay? I just don't get the idea that your ace must start game one of a playoff series. Why does that, I mean, yeah, typically you'd think that would make sense, but baseball, I mean, this is baseball. We're playing baseball. This isn't basketball where you say, all right, take the best guy, give him the ball, have him score, let's go win the game. That This is baseball, okay? You can't just get LeBron James on your basketball team and be good. You need to be strategic. Tony LaRussa. You have to play strategic baseball. You're in October. If it was me, and I'm no MOB manager, you know, I'm sitting on a I'm sitting on a futon right now recording a podcast. All right. But if it was me, I'm pitching Lance Lynn in game three. He's not touching the field. In Houston, given the uh, resume he puts up against the Astros, I don't care if he's your ace or not. You've got horses, horses throughout that throughout that starting rotation. Okay, you have to assume that you need runs in Game One on the road of a postseason game. I'm not saying you assume to lose, but yeah, kinda, yeah, kinda. You're already underdogs on the road. You got to figure Houston's going to be rocking and rolling. You know, they got trashed for winning a World Series. Then COVID hit. They weren't able to have fans at the stadium. Now we're back in full swing of the postseason. You think Houston's not going to come to play? You're kidding me. You're outside your damn mind. You cannot 
depend on your number one guy like they did yesterday. And I hope it doesn't come up, come up, end up biting Larusa in the ass because that that's the, the the worst case scenario happened yesterday. You lose game one along with your ace, who was better off pitching game three at home. You know it. You know it. Because now he's not pitching game three at home. Not going to happen. You know, you, like I said, you got to assume that you're going to lose that game one anyway, regardless. So why not throw out Cease? Why not throw out Giolito in the first game? Actually, I wouldn't even do that because you want Giolito in that game number two. Why not Dylan Cease, who's already subject to give up three, four runs on the road anyway? Throw him out there and tell your guys to swing the damn bat and move some runners, okay? Move some runners. They got some base runners on late in the game. They couldn't they couldn't advance them. They couldn't cross them. All right. I think the problem is solved this afternoon. I think the White Sox start rolling in three game sweep, gentlemen sweep the Houston Astros. I think it was a good homecoming for the Astros fans. Damn, I mean, damn Astros fans, whatever. You get to enjoy game one at home, but I don't think you're going to get to enjoy the game two at home. And I think Chicago takes game three and game four in Chicago on the south side. But we'll see. What the hell do I know? The Brewers and the Braves. I've got this is an easy one, all right? The Bre- I've got the Brewers winning this series and game 1. It might be a sweep. I think it's a I think it's just a bad matchup for Atlanta. I I I think they're going to struggle to score runs in this series. Atlanta has one of the worst bullpens in the postseason and Milwaukee has arguably the best pitching staff in baseball. Just a bad matchup overall for Atlanta, who really shouldn't even be here without Acuna anyway. Just not a popular decision, just my opinion. I think their season uh, season should have went downhill when, when Acuna landed. And they got greedy at the trade deadline and made a bunch of trades. Kudos to them, but I think they, they got a bad matchup. They drew a, a, a terrible card here in the divisional series against one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball. And finally... The granddaddy of them all. I cannot wait for this one. I'm going to, I'm going to be at Carrollton tonight, Warrior Stadium. This place is a scenic view. I mean, you would have thought you were out in the Rocky Mountains calling a football game on Q92RadioSports.com. Again, tonight, 7 o'clock, it's Salem, it's Carrollton. Rivalry matchup. I mean, this is going to be... A hell of a ball game. I can't wait for it. Um, we called Salem last week coming off a great win against Marlington. But you, I'm going to rush home after this game tonight. Because this Dodgers-Giants game, the granddaddy of them all, man, I listen... San Francisco, this game's going to be in San Francisco because of a a one-game advantage of the regular season. The Giants claim the NL West. The Giants won the National League West. No big deal for LA, right? 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 That's what I heard all year long. No big deal. 
just the division. We'll be in the postseason. We're not worried about a wild card. We'll win the wild card, and we'll be in. It doesn't matter. We don't need the division. We're playing for a World Series. We paid for a World Series. That's what I heard. And you were right. And now, here you are. I'm not going to pick a winner. I am, I'm just simply not. I am not coming on this show right now and picking a winner. What I am going to do is I'm going to tell you this, LA. The Dodgers have to win this series. They have to. The Los Angeles Dodgers have the number one payroll in all of baseball. This is a Dodgers team who added Mookie Betts and then won a World Series. And then the next season, they went out and they added a Cy Young candidate, one of the greatest pitchers of all time, and added one of the best shortstops in the game in the same exact trade. They also, it's worth mentioning, as they picked up one of the best shortstops in the game, yeah, well, they have last year's World Series MVP who also plays shortstop. The Dodgers have everybody. We're not even talking about Cody Bellinger right now. He's he had an awful season. And the, and you 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 he's still in the and he's still in the lineup and he's and he's just not being talked about. Is that not scary? LA You have everybody. I mean, you literally paid to be in this situation. With the number one payroll in all of baseball. Top to bottom. They literally have everybody. They, like they, we all thought, oh my gosh, the Dodgers were in the World Series and they and they lost, and then they pulled a, a Golden State and they went out and added, you know, Mookie Betts, aka KD. Well, guess what? They weren't done. They freaking won the damn World Series, went out and added one of the best pitchers in baseball's history, along with one of the game's best shortstop, when they already have Corey Seager, who won the damn MVP of the World Series last year. I mean, what more could you possibly want? What do you need? Not to mention... They went out and added Albert Pujols just because. Eh, screw it. Bring Pujols into town. Or cross town, I should say. I mean, the Los Angeles Dodgers look like the the freaking Golden State Warriors while the San Francisco Giants look like the San Antonio Spurs. The Giants' win total given by Vegas in spring training. Do you want to know what it was? 75 and a half. 75. They won the most games in baseball. 
okay? They are playing with house money. They're not supposed to win this series. I don't care if they're favorites or not. Look at the payroll. Look at the line. Look who's on the team. The Dodgers could arguably, like, can you if like if you looked at this Dodgers team ten years from now and looked back and said, "Holy crap! What did they have? The whole National League All Star team on the the whole damn starting nine in LA." The Dodgers' win total was 102. They were built to win a World Series. The Giants are playing with house money. Don't blow this, LA. Do not blow this series. I'm not going to lie. The NFL is boring this weekend. I mean, geez, there's literally three games minus last night because I was intrigued with last night's game, but there's literally three games that I'm going to like be, that I can't wait to watch. Everything else, I'm just going to be tuned in, just, you know, pretty much watching everybody play. I will be watching the game in London. That, that, I mean, of course, nine nine thirty in the morning. I feel bad for what for uh, for my West Coast listeners. I feel bad for you. Six thirty in the damn morning on Sunday, man. Again, there's three games I find interesting on Sunday. Game number one: the Forty ers and the Cardinals in Phoenix. Uh, listen, we talked earlier about this division, all right, and it is. No secret that this is my favorite division of the year by far. I love this division. I think it's sexy. I think the quarterback play is amazing. I love the head coach quarterback combos in this. I, I just think that it's it's a very, very good um I think it's a very good division. But I think we have an upset on our hands here on Sunday. And like Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray will be asked to go back-to-back, back-to-back weeks against the Rams' defense and the Niners' defense. Both front sevens that will give your quarterbacks nightmare. Like, no joke. We're talking about two of the best defensive, if not the best defensive front sevens in, in all of football. The Browns are up there too. All right? Russ handled the Niners' defense and couldn't duplicate it against the Rams. I think we may see the same exact trend with Kyler Murray this weekend. The 49ers, like the Browns, are a ground-and-pound team. And I think they will show, or I I think they will slow the game enough and control the clock enough and keep Kyler Murray off the field enough to squeak out a win in this game and get right back into the mix at the top of that division. I really think that this is a good spot, upset spot, if you will, because, again, preseason, we had the 49ers ahead of the Cardinals, but Cardinals, a strong, strong dark horse. Um, Sunday night football, Bills at Chiefs. Listen, another one, I'm not going to pick a winner. What I'm going to do is I'm going to break this game down for you. I'm, I'm going to... 
I, I, I'm going to predict how this game is going to go either way, whether Kansas City wins it or whether Buffalo wins. I'm going to tell you how Kansas City wins this game and how Buffalo wins this game. Kansas City's defense, we've talked about this, it sucks. All right, it's awful, atrocious, horrendous, it stinks. The Bills are firing on all cylinders. Their offense is so explosive right now. I think this game is is going to be a shootout, okay, without question. Without sounding cliche, Mahomes is going to have to put the team on his back and win this game for Kansas City because this is a bad matchup for the Chiefs. I, I don't care if it's at home or not. This is a bad matchup. The Bills defense, you know, it's not not great. It's not the Chiefs, though. It's not the Chiefs' defense. Man, oh, man. Neither of these teams have running games either. They are going to throw the damn football all over each other, okay? This game will come down to the poise of Josh Allen, okay? The Bills are going to score points. That is inevitable. But Kansas City is going to answer. Mahomes will not be quiet at home. I believe for Buffalo, like Kansas City, the game must be won by the quarterback. But it goes much deeper than that. Okay? Both quarterbacks can win this ball game. And I think both quarterbacks will have an opportunity to win this ball game. But here's the thing. The Chiefs quarterback, he's not going to have a chance to lose this game. All right? Mahomes ain't going to lose it. If the Chiefs lose this game, I'm not going to pin it on Mahomes. I can't see any scenario, any uh, – I just can't see how I would blame Patrick Mahomes for losing this game. If the Bills are going to win this game, it's going to be because Josh Allen lights up the Chiefs defense and, and Patrick Mahomes just cannot keep up. But what it's going to come down to is for Buffalo – Josh Allen not losing this game. Remember, it's on the road in Arrowhead. This game could be led by the Bills the entirety of the Sunday night football game until the last two minutes until Patrick Mahomes grabs his skateboard, hops on the rail, does a 360 kick flip fakie off the off the rail while making a smoothie, kissing your mom goodnight, everything. It's how special he is. Whatever he has to do to pull it out, that's what he will do. Josh Allen, you need to keep your foot on the gas the entire game. If you go up 21 to nothing, you need to act like you're down 14 nothing. You cannot make mistakes against the Kansas City Chiefs. The defense allows you maybe one. I don't care how bad the defense is. You can't make two, three mistakes. You saw it with Cleveland. You saw it with the Browns. The Browns dominated the Chiefs in week one. They still ended up in the L column. Why? Because of Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns not playing with poise. Not playing the game through the entirety. Not finishing the ball game. This game is going to come down to Josh Allen not losing the game. He needs to be poised in this game. On the Four Chubs podcast, 
I came out hot and said that the Bills would win this game because they should. But when I sit back and think about it, man, what am I asking from the Bills? I'm asking Josh Allen to go toe-to-toe with Mahomes through an entire shootout. I'm not asking Josh Allen to be better than Mahomes. He doesn't have to be better than Mahomes. He just has to be poised. He has to control the game the entire 60 minutes. Mahomes is never out of it. But the Bills should win this game. All right, Cleveland. It's time, and I'm sorry. I really am. I I really, I really am. Listen, earlier this week, I said that this is going to be the toughest game of the season for Cleveland. Even more than the Kansas City game, to be honest with you. I think this is going to line up as so far the matchup of the season for the Chargers. And it's going to be, you know, one hell of a test. The Chiefs defense is horrible. The Chargers defense is is not. It actually is one of the best pass defenses in the league. Okay, they they barely give up 200 yards through the air per game. They held Patrick Mahomes in check. Remember we talked about that. That being said, the Chargers give up 140 yards a game on the ground to opposing backs and those are backs not not named Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb running behind the greatest offensive line in the past decade of the NFL. I think the Browns are going to surpass the 140 yards uh, on the ground mark. But here's the thing. The Chargers know the Browns are a run first team. They are going to stack the box. All right. It's inevitable. That's what they're going to do. They are going to force Baker Mayfield to throw against their defense. Baker Mayfield had a horrible game last week. A horrible game. And that being said, once again, traveling to the West Coast, everything points to the Chargers to win this football game. That all being said, if the Cleveland Browns won 28-7, to 35-7 last weekend against Minnesota and Baker didn't have a horrible game and there wasn't talks about Baker Mayfield having a horrible game, he admitted it, then I would have probably just stopped there, ended the podcast, and went on my merry way and said the Chargers are going to win a low-scoring game this Sunday. But I'm not. After thinking about it, All week long, I can only think about my quarterback, Baker Mayfield, the walk-on. The guy who spent his entire football career proving everybody, including you, and me, and him, and her, everybody, everybody. He spent his entire football career proving everybody wrong, doing what... He was told he cannot do. And you know what? I will be damned if I come on this show two days before kickoff in SoFi Stadium and tell you that my quarterback isn't going to bounce back and win this game for the Cleveland Browns. 
Everything lines up for LA. It really does. Believe me, the Browns should lose this game. That being said, I will trust my quarterback over a sophomore quarterback who, who I believe is, is a very, very special quarterback. But I trust my quarterback in this situation in what I think Baker sees as a prove-it game. This is a bounce-back game. The Browns may have won last weekend, but damn it, don't you think that Baker Mayfield went into that locker room happy-go-lucky? No way. I believe in my quarterback. I believe in my Cleveland Browns. Give me the Browns, baby. Give me the Browns on a Baker Mayfield game-winning drive. Browns 17, Chargers 16. Thanks for listening to the Burley Gunner Show on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, clevelandsportsfan.com, and Apple Podcast. Go Browns! Go Browns! Don't check! Really gonna show.